Why are you in a t-shirt? It's literally minus two. Because I'm too hot. I'm split in two. 50% of me hates you with an unrivaled, bilge-worthy, awful hatred. And the other half of me hates you just a little bit less than that. <laughs> well, uh, that's that's you that's how you know you love someone. That's how you know you love someone. It's a start. Yeah. Have we been recording this whole time? Yeah. That's mad. I guess that's what you call podcast. <laughs> and that's pod. This is this is podcast. This is podcasting. I'll try spinning. That's a good trick. Right, uh, good morning, evening. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of ATT. We have Kyle, he's being an atheist again, so let's get right into it. Once again. Once again, so this is going to be an episode zero of sorts. um, Bonus material. Of a series, we've got video, actual video, it's not going to cut out this time. Ben? Yeah, so that's cool. Um, So there's going to be episode zero for an ongoing series uh, with Ben, myself and Kyle. Uh, talking about topics that we sort of brought up on the the one before this, uh, topics such as anything to do with like science and religion, how they interact, and all the questions you could possibly think up of of uh, how those could uh, mingle. Um, but yeah, so I think we should start off with explaining, give a brief explanation of who each one of us are, because I don't think. Um, you can't really understand someone's point of view or argument and unless you understand how they got to that stage if that makes sense so yeah, your experiences. we're, uh, we're going to start off with you know i brought was how were you brought up you know uh by a man and a know. woman not always yes. how were you how were you brought up <laughs> no he you was, know what he was what are your defining experiences you know what was your story arc how, how did you get here essentially but uh uh, do you want to start, Ben, Kyle? Uh, yeah, Josh, I don't, do you want to start? I don't mind. Yeah, you're yeah, Mike Hogan, so I'll let Josh start. And then. Yeah, Josh, you're clearly the big daddy. You start. Okay. Uh, big daddy, Josh. <laughs> 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 um, that is my top search of that. That's not <laughs> <laughs> uh, My Title name's is Josh Young. Um, Josh is Stephen Young. I've been brought up in a... Presbyterian household and a practicing Presbyterian household uh, since I was born. I have a few older siblings, brothers and sisters, both of them. Um, I I suppose when I got to maybe teenager years or maybe like not even teenagers, maybe less than that, um, I liked thinking about just stuff you know just think i i thought it was interesting to think about ideas i thought ideas were interesting um i think that's that was played a big part uh and that was my brother-in-law ricky um so me and him he's a lot older than i was uh maybe 14 years older or so um so since i was a lot younger we always uh chatted about things maybe yeah. it was like science and you'd be like oh did, here josh did you know that 
there's some sons and they circle each other and they just knowledge they is what sort of just like man be like oh what well it's crazy or do you know that there's a thing called infinity no and like here's how you draw it and it's like that that's like that's it's crazy it's like <laughs> super big number i'm like whoa i didn't realize there's a number called infinity you know like really young age yeah. okay um that sort of progressed um he he was brought up in a christian household i don't know if how much they practiced it but um he properly converted uh, when he went to uni and then he eventually fell away from the faith sort of during the time that i knew him okay um he fell away from like him quite resentful so then he became like an atheist and we would argue or does not even argue but like discuss that side of things yeah that makes sense and that's it got me interested in this whole world of you know our own beliefs why do we believe them should we believe them is there any basis to believe them you know that sort of stuff what yeah. we're going to be discussing in the future episodes you know that kind of stuff that got me interested in it and it's probably if it weren't for my brother-in-law maybe i wouldn't even be doing this podcast maybe i would have been finding something else to do maybe mm. with music or programming who knows oh, that's uh, pretty but cool. uh yeah, so right now, I suppose, um, I don't know. Um, so that that's, that that lets lead me up to teenager years, I suppose. Uh, I suppose like any old Christian, so-called Christian teenager. When they Would get you to, have went to church regularly in your teenage yeah. years? Like ongoing. Ongoing. My whole life. Um, I'd say teenage years or late teenage years um, I'd say really late teenage years I've sort of figured out my faith a bit more if that makes sense my beliefs yeah like a bit more uh, obviously understandable <laughs> you're gonna target a 13 year old <laughs> like you've went through the question uh, you know what I mean? like, but I, I found I think I found something I'm like yeah yeah this is I understand now, or if I say I've been practicing my whole life, um, but like now I'm like, oh, I, I really see now. Does that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's hard to explain these things. Would you like? But, what um, it like you've became your own perspective Christian rather than just what you've been told? Yeah. Well, the thing is, I didn't. I don't really like the way. It's not that there's anything inherently wrong with it, but um, I don't like the way Christianity was sort of taught to me necessarily mm. or even just the way <clears throat> it's been gone about in just a normal protestant church i suppose or community there's there's a lack of like uh intellectual thought kind of thing it's very this this, and this. i mean it's, it's not there's nothing wrong with that it's just but i wasn't experienced to it like nothing i was shown nothing if that makes sense yeah. i had no exposure to it it wasn't like oh well if you're interested this exists and you can well you never here's uh, here's some things you can go to mm -hmm. look up about it it's like not all of that i had to find out myself mm -hmm. or via like when would you say you started to delve in deep like what age roughly um well i was all right i was always interested in ideas as i said yeah. teenage years i suppose a big point was when i first discovered Jordan pearson uh, I think mm -hmm. I I discovered Jordan Pearson before a wee bit before he got super like everyone knew who did he was. Did you discover Jordan Peterson 
the follower of God or the man that likes to argue on Channel 4? Um, it's a good point. Well, I can tell you the one I find interesting. I find his lectures interesting. <laughs> I, I didn't really... I don't know what, what I saw first. I don't, I don't think I saw his controversial stuff first. Okay. I think it was his lectures I saw first and then... It may have been even... I may have found him before I even uh, got in, into the whole controversial stuff with like the left wing yeah, yeah. and politics and all that sort of stuff um uh but he sort of opened my my mind to a different way of looking at the world so mm-hmm. to speak so he's got a whole biblical no, le- series, yeah, series that's, that's that like blew me away right um and there's a plethora of like smaller clips of that whole series on the internet as well and he talks about uh, say like disney movies like the lion king or pinocchio or something or he loves stories or old um <laughs> the harps or old like pagan gods or you know as i said the biblical stories as well you know this religious aspect i thought i was extremely interesting and i hadn't uh, experienced anything anyone talk about these things the way he did and yeah you know uh, you could see that he was he was right he wasn't just like they're you could see that and be like oh no he's talking the truth here it's not it's not like he's pulling the fast one on and he's also uh thinking while he's doing it yeah giving the lecture so to speak so it's not like he's not tricking you tricking you into believing anything because he himself like um he's got faith issues i wouldn't say he's a full christian but i wouldn't wouldn't call him an atheist either he like any time i've heard from him and he likes to say if he's been asked directly a few times, do you believe in God? And he either yeah. says, it would take me a week to explain that or that's very private. I don't need to say that. And he never gives an answer. I, I feel like I know what I, I've tried to decipher what his reasoning. I, I think I understand his reasoning. Mm, uh, I can but, kind of um, get. Yeah, but he's, he's not like out. I could say he definitely thinks in the way of like, with Christianity and stuff, you can see the true benefit of it and the true causes, and especially through the think, biblical series. Yeah. But it's hard. He does have like a bit of a science heart, and I think it's very hard for him just to be like pure faith. I need to believe in this. Yeah. It's like a, a jump that sort of hold, holds him back. But then he can see, and he would say, "I live life as if God exists." Yeah, he says, "I act as if God exists," and, and to act is <laughs> like pretty much what yeah which is believe anyway within reason is pretty much what people do anyway. i would say he's a lot more christian than most people uh, oh 100 percent. no way but um but anyway so i i consumed like everything that was on the internet to do with john to do with his lectures that he gave or his talks and whatnot yeah. over a period of two years um and and then that then is like health issues start happening. Um, once I two, started, was it but, two um, years ago. You mind putting your microphone a bit closer to your face there? Yeah. Um, like two years ago, roughly, wasn't it? Because I remember. Um. Well, big that would be about know. two years ago. Yeah, because he think. came. I remember uh, he went on to his daughter's podcast as like his first returning. To be yeah. honest with him, he did look very sick and stuff. Yeah. But he had just no, written he, be- which is amazing beyond order in this. He, he's in this. Like, he could have easily died no, many times and his wife as well his wife got cancer cancer and he was and his was wife, his wife was told like there's like it was the chances of survival of this type of cancer was like 
you're not you're dead you mm-hmm. know and she managed to just, she's not dead and Jordan's not dead yeah like, no, and his family aren't dead and we know, aren't and we aren't his dead. daughter yeah. <laughs> she can walk even though she's got ridiculous uh, autoimmune disorders etc and her whole you know anyway mm-hmm. it's not an easy life but anyway um, so that like consumed like all his content pretty much over yeah. like two years read his books um, and then suppose recently i was i was developing my own understanding if that makes sense so yeah. using the tools he sort of gave me and that he got his tools like an outlook give you to them and he's got his tools from like young and uh, all the other psych major psychologists there's and, the russian uh, fellow like dostoevsky or uh, you know the other russian authors and all that sort of stuff and nietzsche and all these philosophers so it's a good person to learn from because he's learned himself from all these different people that's a good starting point you know uh but that got me interested in all this stuff more so and allowed me to develop my own ideas and put put my own life in order to actually apply those ideas to my life and help other people like there's i won't i won't get into detail right now um definitely not but like i've i've benefited loads of people around my life based on the principles that uh, I've learned through Jordan Pearson okay. like in a very active direct manner yeah like the Jordan definitely the Jordan Peterson the psychologist and life outlook person I haven't read Beyond Order but I've read the original 12 words is like it is very very good and I like more than anything my outlook from Jordan Peterson is just hold responsibility yeah. for who you are mm. you room. take control and be that and like I think in today's world a lot of people don't do that but I think if you truly take control you can manifest great things in your own life and like he preaches that and it's a great message to give anybody and I do look up to Jordan Peterson for that kind of thing yeah um then I this this is after after starting the podcast I don't know what episode it would have been um but a good few I went in I stumbled upon a guy called Jonathan Peugeot. Um, so he's he's a. This is in your study in Moses. Um, it was before was that because you were looking before. at you were looking at him and you went, "Ben, I thought this amazing guy. He just keeps talking about Moses and he thinks the same way as me, and I can't wait to show you to you." And then you decided. Yeah, to I find this guy and like this essays. guy. He's talking about the he like he was talking about stuff that I wanted to talk about. If that makes yeah. sense. And I was yeah. like. He's laid out. He was on that wave. He's, he's on that ball, so to speak. And I'd say he's uh, he's the next step on from where Jordan was trying to do with his biblical series. Um, but I think that's played a big part of my current faith as well. Um, getting to the stage where like I actually believe what I'm talking about. Yeah, with um, Peugeot, what is his background? Like, I've he's heard of him a, in that way. So he's a French-Canadian... He's in... Uh, or eastern orthodox christian he's an icon carver he has a youtube channel uh he's one of the figureheads of the four meaning of crisis of the four yeah, horsemen of meaning uh but he's a big proponent on symbolism and uh the mystical tradition side mm-hmm. of christianity like this is what annoys me like i'm reading like there's a, there's a book by one of the there's a there's an area and that maybe i think it was like 
300 AD, don't quote me on this, but like roughly speaking, 300 AD, there's like this area, and they had like three fathers or patriarchs or church leaders in that area. Okay. Uh, one of them was Gregory of Nyssa, and he's written a book, uh, The Life of Moses, right? And there's the year three, 300, roughly speaking, yeah. okay? The split between the Catholic Church and the Orthodox Church was around 1,000 AD, roughly speaking, mm-hmm. again. And then the Protestant split was away a while after that as well. Church heavily unified. Yeah. At this point, there's the church and then there's the heretics mm-hmm. who get outcast and everyone's in agreement of that. Yeah. There's no... Right? So you can't say that these are all this. There's, there's some crackhead. We don't, we don't talk about that guy. We don't listen to him. It's like, no, this guy. You listen to him, right? Um <laughs> I know he talks about stuff where I've heard I would hear Jonathan Peugeot talk about and someone who's never heard of that side of Christianity before is like what a bit suspicious there of that one I'm not uh, not too sure about that are you maybe extrapolating or putting your own ideas into this and I know it's it's plain there this is this is in the earlier this is in the early days of Christianity this thought existed mm. like the, the whole ideas of uh, my symbolic symbolic interpretations of things it's not they, it's part of traditional Christianity. Mm. It's uh, more to the roots than, you know, a lot of Protestantism, which is my, this is your... part of my uh, culture and tradition. I don't know. Um, I can't. I'm very interested in that kind of thought. This the earlier aspect of that. There's no. There's no mysticism in Protestantism. Mm-hmm. There's none. Well, that's pretty. Okay. Uh, you know. And it shows by the way we sort of look at the world, I suppose, the way our not we naturally look at the world. There's this whole this this whole this whole side of Christianity that was we don't talk about, if that makes sense. Anyway, so that that's sort of where I am at the minute. Obviously I've done the podcast for over a year now. You know You've sort of explored I study the Bible realm. I listen to podcasts all the time. I like thinking about things, I write some got some mad stuff down what are they called essays got some essays you know big big proponent against materialistic thought materialistic thought and that's why symbolism you know. in this corner materialism in this corner. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's myself is there any questions at all no we not quite back, I just uh, yes Mr. Young so this mysticism you talked about you don't feel there's any mysticism in your sort of upbringing do you find that mystic- have you find a sense of mysticism in your own kind of study if you're on like essay writing your own thinking and your own thoughts are you mystified whenever you read something that you didn't quite look it before? allows me to look at the for, world uh, yeah because for example when I was reading David yeah you know how completely taken aback I was yeah because last time I read the story of David I was just like nice guy killed a giant yeah <laughs> but it's like very this, but next time i read it it was like you're in the story i was in the story but previously you were looking at okay he did this and this is if you're reading like a method for making a cake or you need to do this now because mm. yeah. that's the thing i think sort of the life perspective that i don't have yeah and i can get sort of with this point of view there's very useful meaning there's very useful stories to take from this but I it's making that bridge to be like this is then true well here's the sad thing about it Kyle I'm not convinced a lot of Christians are even as I said like 
this whole neglected side of Christianity allows you to read these stories in the Old Testament like Live, just a like living in like this a, sort of fundamentalist view mm. like I think it's almost dangerous if I'm honest mm. like I, I do like I just and to think of science as almost an opposition is just not it's can not I, an opposition can I answer the question you were like you were like how do you feel now you're mystified and whatnot. Mm. Um, thinking about these things it allows me to look at the world as if I actually I'm actually living in the world as if I'm part of a narrative as if not just me but my ancestors my fathers before me my children who will be hopefully yeah uh, and my whole community of from fields of a hoggle to a hoggle you know to Ballymena Belfast Northern Ireland to the UK to the whole world or the western side of the world to the whole world and then this whole Christian lineage of or well not, not maybe not blood lineage but like well, I'm part of the Christian story, so to speak. You know, yeah. even if maybe my ancestors were like maybe pagans, you know, I'm still part of the Christian story. Yeah, no, there's there's a clear lineage through that, and I think we can even look at that in an evolutionary point of view too. That we are part of a great big lineage. Yeah, but it allows me to like I actually think what I'm doing matters, and I can you know make me I said mystified, so to speak. I'm I can see meaning now. Mm. Yeah. It's like I'm actually in the world. I'm living in the world. I'm a, I'm a character in the world. I'm not just, I'm not just a product of past actions necessarily speaking. And a lot of my life, it sort of felt like that. That's what it was. Do you think seeing yourself as sort of a product of something like that is quite, is a wrong way to look at the world? And do you think you can't fulfil like your true? like meaning and fulfillment of life if you do, if you see yourself just as in I'm a product of say evolution yeah I, I, if you versus... don't see the world in terms of meaning or uh, if you if you don't if you don't see yourself as being a part of a story mm-hmm. and if you don't see how you're playing out that story mm. I don't think you can mm. live a fulfilled life like a lot of the things that you're wanting to ask I have those exact same questions in my segment when it comes to my turn um, yeah. because I mean as as you know I struggled immensely with the idea of God not God evolution not evolution yeah, yeah. No, I've struggled blah, too blah, blah, you know those kinds of things but I do really relate to what George is saying in terms of being a part of a story being a character <laughs> of a story um, uh, and part of that story it's not necessarily just okay we're part of, like as you said david yes that's part of our story but you know that's far off country years ago you know how's it related to us now it's but of light reading but it's um we can talk about our actual local history and in, in uh for example recent christian history of northern ireland more specifically where i live in northern ireland uh more emphasized from where i live at least um the 1859, I think, revival, right? That wasn't that long ago, okay? I was doing some research into the 1859 revival of Northern Ireland, right? There's a ch- there's a church in Hoggle called First, Ho- First Presbyterian Hoggle, okay? In a Hoggle, Hoggle is a small village. Right now, 2011 census, 
just over there's over just over three thousand. It's close to Randallstown, up just off near up, hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's roughly. just over three thousand people in in this village. Okay, now it is okay in eighteen fifty nine. I don't think we have accurate records, but we can. Ass- I could assume that there's about two thousand, if we roughly based them. If yeah, roughly. Anyway, had a few food problems since then. Anyway, but that <laughs> <laughs> say there's two thousand people in this village. Okay, small church. During the times of the revival, there were three thousand people in not in the church. They couldn't fit in the church. Mm. Think about that. Think about that. Hartle. Your place, Hoggle. You, you don't even know where Hoggle is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's this tiny village, and that was that. That was uh, that was not too long ago. And it, but there were people on the streets uh, crying, crying out <laughs> to the gods. There were prayer nights, uh, prayer meetings every night of the week, and people didn't want to leave. And most and most of them only ended at like three a.m. There was people who owned bars they were very concerned they were going to go out of business because people were at these prayer meetings they weren't going yeah. to the pub but yes you say it wasn't that long ago but the great difference in view of the world and exposure we have has went up exponential since then in that way of I don't how many people go to church now in Ohoko not that many not that many, not that many. but that's sort of the trend yeah sort of around the world now it's but you can put yourself you can see yourself in this part of the story like you can see i'm not just part of you know god's people from israel all the way to through europe through to you know the conversion of the pagans of ireland to where i am now it's like there are smaller narratives you know anyway so that that's enough about me unless you got have you got any more questions no, just even sort of elaborate on that. I suppose I haven't spoke about my point of view quite yet, but I think I could see myself, if you want to say it as a story, I could see the same thing, like, through, like, evolutionary time. Like, we are part of this. Yes, we're pawns in this game. But we are part of this vast, vast lineage that goes far beyond people. But... And I can I, I, don't I can see that, and I feel great amazement in that, and great, almost, joy in that at the same time. And I feel... F- great about this and I think it's amazing like but what's the call uh, of evolution where does evolution doesn't progress anything well what do you mean it doesn't progress anything what's the goal the goal is you can't progress unless you have a goal where are we getting to but it's not us the gene wants to it wants to pass on it almost wants to be immortal like it kind of is there are immortal coils of replicators and they want to keep going until the same want as such, but they will replicate until they can replicate no longer. And outside, outside of human consciousness, that story doesn't exist. It's not. It's not a story. It's but, a chemical reaction. But how come then with the Bible and things? Well, I wouldn't say it's a chemical reaction, but how do the stories of religion live outside people too? They don't. They, it's the same well, thing. I suppose. In the same context of that, if the stories yes, we my, have between yeah, but my worldview, it's uh, it revolves around being the origin of being, which would be God. Evolution does not. But it, it doesn't. Why does it? It doesn't need to. 
Well, yes, no, you, yeah. you've you've missed the point here. But no, no, how long, man? How long, man? You said we both fit into this worldview where if we don't have conscious beings giving people this, saying the story, yeah, eh, there's no meaning. Then there I'm is saying no meaning. The religious viewpoint has that and has the concept, the notion of being consciousness of meaning. Yeah. And in the story, it can have the scientific stories within it. Yes, I am. Right? I don't but disagree. Science yeah. cannot. Care. Science doesn't. Ha- it's like you've got this big circle, right? Science is a wee circle in that big circle, and that wee circle is looking at that big circle and be like, "See you. I don't need this. See, I don't. I can find meaning within myself." And it's like there's a contradiction here. I don't quite see it like that, if I'm honest. But we'll explore that in later episodes, I suppose. Ben, who are you? I'm gonna cry. <laughs> um. <laughs> um it's my turn now, yeah? Yeah, it's your turn. Right, okay. Once upon a time, there was a family called the Thompsons, and they had a bunch of kids, and I happened to be one of them. Okay. How many kids? Uh, I'm one of five boys and two girls. Where are you from? You're one of two, <laughs> you're one of two girls as well as uh, five boys. Yeah, well, one Hi. of five sons, and I have two sisters. There you go. Um, so... Yeah, so mine, mine follows the kind of Christian trend until it doesn't. So uh, I basically... Grew up in a Christian household. It was Reformed Presbyterian Church, um, which is like Presbyterian, only it's like cracked down on the on the doctrines and and the behaviorisms and the mannerisms and the and the fellowship. Um, till one day it didn't for us. Till one day it kind of run dry for us. So we wouldn't fit. Very, we didn't feel that god was calling us to that church so we bounced around churches basically but i'm not gonna talk about that i talked about that last last episode uh a last episode but uh, it's about me so uh with my story i um i find my call to thinking we'll call it that like josh josh had this um he was interested in thinking as he said um i was interested in experience and i was like look if i experience enough things then I will have enough knowledge and I can pass it on and whatnot like that. What do you mean by if you... If As you... in, I wanted to just do everything I could possibly do. I wanted, if there's a building that I could somehow <coughs> jump off, I would do it and survive. I would climb things. I would do things that I wanted to do that would bring extreme exhilaration and what age? joy to me. Right from a very Sick. young age. Right shame. from a very young age. <laughs> bucket list. <laughs> Absolutely. He had the I bucket just, list at six. I was mental. I was completely <laughs> mental. Um, and then the whole question of faith came in. Like I, I, I was a Christian. I would say I was a Christian. when I, I'd say I became a Christian when I turned 11 because I heard a minister say about this story, about this guy who died in his bed and he, he didn't know where he was going to go and the, the person woke up and... You know, and I was just like, what if I die on my bed? Where am I going to go? So I became a Christian when I was 11 years old. Um, well, that's not when I really became a Christian. I, I would say that would be the first time I thought I became a Christian. But as I grew older, until I was about 14 or 15, uh, no, 13 and 14, I was like, hang on a minute. That was kind of just like exploiting my fear. <laughs> it was just like, I didn't really think about it. It's just like, I don't want to go to hell, so I might as well be a Christian, which is fair enough quite a lot of it. people thinking <laughs> yeah it's like oh I don't want to go to a bad place I'll go to a good place um, so I didn't really give it much thought and then one day I did and it was probably the worst thing I've ever done in my entire life because what happened from that day on was a complete 
break down in my entire psyche. I wanted to do things that I thought were fun to the point where it just wasn't good for anyone else. It was just me. I became the god of myself. I did things my own way. I I didn't offer myself up to any kind of higher authority. Uh, it bit me in the ass one too many times. Um, but at the end of the day, I became more attracted to the atheistic perspective of there is no god make your own way be happy kind of vibe and i didn't i went to church always went to church um never stopped i'd always say if somebody asked i was a christian and i would be like oh yeah i'm a christian i take pride in it and because of my very strict uh doctrinal upbringing um i knew my bible really well like by the age of 11 i knew my bible really well because i was basically forced to learn it uh, not forced to learn I, I i learned it willingly from very young age so i knew my stuff so anybody who asked me questions you about theology it. and stuff i had those answers and they were like oh wow you're a very smart young man but in my heart i was like nah <laughs> nah it's just this the only person ruling me is me um and i do admit to that um and then i came upon this question uh uh, who actually cares about me except for me um and then that kind of led me down a kind of rabbit hole of depression and anger issues because i know my mom cared about me but she why she had no reason to the only reason why she cared about me is because i came out of her at one point like that it's not real to me it's just it's just animalistic and uh, so why is that why does my dad care about me yeah i'm his son i look the most like him um, named after him but like there has to, there has to be something more and he's even taking me to church and stuff and I, I don't understand why is why is this thing why do my brothers care about me I but pretty much don't like them we didn't get along we argued and argued and argued the whole lives basically when we were younger but then when we played we played hard basically we loved each other when we played but when we argued we tore each other apart as brothers go so I was like why is this why is that and I'm thinking this right when I'm like when I'm when I'm when I'm 14 years old, all right, I'm thinking these things, and it was a clash. It was a clash of worlds between the perspective of I care for myself and I'll do what I want to make me happy, and the perspective of science doesn't care about anything. Science isn't going to care about the person who was ran over by a car the other day because science can't care. It, it's not. No, it's not. No, a, it's not a logical thinking well, mechanism i think a slight mistake it's not a worldview science no it's, it's a tool exactly it's, it's it's a tool okay so we've made progress since our last time <laughs> but i've always <laughs> had that uh so <laughs> science to me science could never care about cause science is, it doesn't have a moral compass um if you had a dog and you loved that dog and i decided that i was hungry and i ate that dog you'd probably kill me because you know like that's that's the kind of nature of you're like why would you do that and i'm like well technically in it was my opinion and i wanted to do what i wanted to do so but you slight have tangent from that exactly, but yeah. in some cultures that's okay oh i know <laughs> but, <laughs> but you see in in the world view in the wet in this in this country that I was brought up in, obviously it wasn't very nice to eat somebody else's dog. I never did once, okay? But it was a question of morality and I didn't even know what morality meant at this stage, but I was facing morality issues. Um, and I kind of was just at that moment where literally anything could happen to anyone in the world that could be either so great or so evil 
and there is an absolutely nobody's obligation to care because at the end of the day if we're all just dust and particles and to dust and particles we will return and i was just like that and i remember this very clearly i sat up all night one night thinking about this and i was just in tears in the morning that i locked myself into a into the cupboard into my wardrobe and i didn't want anybody just to i was just this kind of social experiment and i just stayed there and i was just sitting there and i was i kind of treated it as a joke at first i was just like i'm just gonna stay here and not go to school and i'm gonna stay here and not go to school nobody's nobody is obligated to care and all of a sudden you had like mom screaming where's ben and you had my other brothers and sisters running to school thinking about where the flips their brother and all and that really really scared me as a kid that i was causing so much kind of grief to my family and then basically i started crying and my mom found me and was like what the flip are you doing and then i just basically said why am i here like why am i here like if we're if it and i didn't obviously i've never said to my parents i don't believe in god I've never said this. How words. old were you at this point? I was about, um, I was about fourteen, and I, I was just like, I've never said that to them because the whole time that they've really raised me, they've always seen a Christian boy. Yeah. Um, except for those moments where I said things like this. So I took the whole day off school, and I was just chatting to mom the whole time, being like, I, I don't understand why I have to be here right now. I could be, in any point given in time, why did I have to be me? Why did I have to be now? Why did I have to face issues? Why, did, why do I feel pain when I fall? Why, do I, why, do I, why can't I fly? Why can't I do all these kinds of things? Like, there's no, there's no answer to this. And then, mom, obviously, being the lovely Christian woman that she is, was very patient with me. And um, she started... Uh, counseling and stuff like that and so she was like oh good practice <laughs> and basically she just just giving me these answers like well like there's there's a thing called love and we basically followed this where love came from right up to its core basically and in a christian perspective god is love yeah um and uh, when you show love you show god um and we followed that thread and i kind of I didn't become a Christian there and then, uh, but I started now. In the beginning, it was the me. The perspective. Exactly. It. it was in the beginning, it was me opening the gates of Christianity to let kind of that kind of idol- idolatry of myself in, but then resulting in this idea that actually there's no, if I had, if there's so much of this, then why does anybody care about anything if there's no love and stuff? So then I, that basically filled me up and pushed out all the Christianity. So then Christianity was outside and then I was knocking on the door and then I opened up and it was slowly going back in with me. Um, but the result of this, with all moving around from church to church and getting these experiences and just being a kid, you know, just going through school and stuff, um, you know, you're just like, all right, well, let's go. And I didn't really think about it much until then. But I remember, so my family go out and teach English and stuff in Romania and Ukraine and stuff like that. And the first, I went to out to Romania with my with my with my family, and um, I was I was having very very hard mental health problems back then, 
um, and it got to the stage where I genuinely just had this hate for um, for just someone in the, in the camp there, and I just I just hated them so much, and it it hurt. It actually scared me how much that I my anger had because it was anger issues that I had, and it actually scared me how much anger I let into my heart much pain it was causing i felt like i was a danger to everyone around me so one i read a book called the cross and the switchblade um very good book i highly recommend it's about this guy in america who's a pastor and um (laughs) is his pastor and he has this church in the middle of nowhere in america and like five people go do it and basically, he had this calling to go to New York City, and this is in the 1930s or something, so loads of teenage gangs around. You read then. this book or you wrote this I book? I read this book. <laughs> he wrote this book <laughs> I'm, from I'm, the perspective I'm, I'm of a pastor. Like 15, I'm 15 at this stage. Um, I I read this book in three days, and it's, 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 it's a small wee book, but I read it in three days, and it was so it was the Wednesday then of that week. Um, his mom gave it to me at the start of the camp. And... Um, man it changed everything it was about a man who went to the gangs of new york and was talking to these teenagers my age who were addicted to heroin who were stabbing everyone they could see for money who were doing things for pleasure and sex all the time and just like doing everything and and these kids were killing themselves they were basically filling themselves up with things that they wanted to do like i was but obviously on a more physical level than a mental level and not and just and just breaking down and collapsing because of it and this pastor basically starting from him built up this community for kids for teenagers to get them off the streets and and um basically tell them about the lord jesus christ and you read miracle after miracle in that book and it's all like it's all true this book like it all actually happened with eyewitnesses and stuff and people's different accounts and stuff and there's this they basically there's this moment i think and i can't quite remember but basically they don't have enough money to run it right and they basically are like look we'll leave it with god's hand and then the next day um a wealthy person who supported them basically dropped loads of cash for them to basically like redo the whole place much better than before and like they were like it was just it was unreal and i just i was like why why doesn't god do anything like that in my life why doesn't why can't why doesn't why isn't there these little dots connecting i'm a christian i i get to you should see dots can i yeah like why why isn't like god why isn't god here right now for me why isn't it when i get really angry he doesn't come and soothe me why is it that i get really sad he doesn't come and hold me like i can't feel him anywhere and i was reading this book and I mean, I felt something, but I didn't. I wasn't aware it was God. So I ran out that Wednesday, just overcome with rage at this guy, and I just went into the forest. And usually, how I deal with that, I just like broke down in the pure tears at this tree, and I was just screaming, just out of the night, going, "Right, what is Lord? If you're real, please come find me, because I am lost. Please, because I'm so confused. I've been to about." 10 churches all telling me different stuff all telling me the same stuff i'm so confused please comfort me please comfort me and it's hard to describe this but 
He did. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you this now. I had this spiritual experience that is the most true thing as you or Josh are sitting next to me right now. It, I closed my eyes and um, my mind was filled as if it was like washed with this glow, this all the hatred, all the all the all the kinds of um, collisions of these two worldviews were just swept away until the one that said me, the one that was on my side, was just a whisper, it was just like Ben, you know God's not real, and there was just this huge booming voice in my head I was just like I'm here with you right now and I literally I was I opened my eyes and there was the forest and it was like it was like I saw the forest brand new I was like you know every tree was there for a reason every every that day me and my brothers went hiking and I ran down the hill and I jumped over a snake without even knowing a snake and my brother saw it and he's like, Ben, you literally just jumped over a snake. That would have been you. Like, do you not know what you just did? And I thought about that when I was and I was having this experience. And like that snake was there, it's there for a reason. Josh is there. What age were you? I was, I was 15. 15. And it was this it was this divine moment that everything everything was where it needed to be for a reason. And then finally I had this kind of clarification that well, that question I asked my mum, why am I here? Why am I here? I got that it. answer from reading that book and basically God telling me that I'm here for a reason. And that's all I needed. And it was that night that I would truly say that I became a Christian because I truly wanted the evidence. I truly wanted to see what all this was about. And it says in the Bible, and I believe this wholeheartedly, that if you look with all of your heart that you will find God and that's what I did and so from that stage on yes I continued sinning like we all do and but I was aware that I was sinning I wasn't just doing sin as if just to it was me that whole time and yeah loads of other dramatic stuff happened to me but it wouldn't be me if things wouldn't weren't dramatic you know it wouldn't it was just how it planned out and I always was where I was meant to be everything that I experienced I now know that God needed me to experience them in order to learn a different lesson than that and this is why I believe that you can't have a purely scientific outlook at things because simply for this reason and this reason alone what we were talking about last week this idea of value this idea of why things are where they need to be you can't understand that in a purely scientific point of view because science i could i could hit josh i could punch him in the face right now on camera and the only people that would care are people with morality and it's the sense of morality that we christians define right from the beginning of what god is god is the ultimate margin of good which is how then we can understand what is right and what is wrong and it's how then that we can know that you know we're not ought to do things but it also lets us understand that that's why god is judge because he's outside of this idea of good and evil he is ultimate good and it kind of wraps up like that and you struggle with these stories in the bible that talk about really really gut-wrenching stuff like you know murder and you know horrible horrible things 
but you look at it in the grand scheme of things. You see, if you have a God perspective on it, everything that happened in the Bible happened, like Josh said, for the, every single character in the book. If God, if Josh is looking at himself as like, like a character in a story, and then I'm looking at the story that was written for everyone, everyone then has this value. And it talks about it right in the beginning of Genesis where he says that we were all made in the image of God. We all have this immense value, the immense love because that's what god is as i said god is love and if we're made in the image of god we then have that ability to love in other words that ability to worship and it's whatever you worship that defines who you are so i was worshiping this idea that i wanted to do things my way and as a lot of people do these days and you know people say oh there's nothing wrong with that but as christians it gets to the point where i find out when i was 15 that you get to a point where you just don't care you become a kind of narcissist and a kind of well, that's pretty like typical of young men yeah exactly. 15 I mean, years there of age you go. the spike in testosterone <laughs> <laughs> but see there's always there's always there's always a scientific answer isn't there but then again it's like what you worship it's what you put value in because science could never put value in you we have to put value in something because the only way if, let me put this another way I can only put value in something in God because God first put value in me. And in the Bible it says we love because God first loved us. That's kind of the answer. In first John it says, um, in the beginning there was God, and the word was with God and the word was God, and it says that Jesus was the word. And it's this understanding that Christ I mean you can you can discard everything I'm saying. The the point I'm trying to make is that because Jesus right so I got to the point where God is God, right? That's, that's, that's in my mind, that is a fact and that cannot be disproven to me, okay? And then we get to Jesus. And the only reason why I'm saying about Jesus is because he's, he is my savior in which I trust wholeheartedly in him. And because of the historical records and, the, and everything that happened where he actually lived and stuff and did what he did, that then... Is, there, is, there, is enough evidence to satisfy why I believe what I believe okay. on top of my faith. It's not by faith alone I've been saved, but it's not by faith alone I'm a Christian. You okay. know, I'm a Christian because of uh, because of the evidence, because of my experiences, the evidence because of, of the people I meet, people like Josh, because of people like Carl. <laughs> All these people who are thinking the exact same things as me because of this one book, because of this great book that are telling them this, these different things. And then looking at a world that has been shaped from this book well before any of us were born. Yeah. It's a, it's a huge and impactful thing. And you said there, um, you know, it's like there, there's these, all these different, you know, uh, different things that happened from 1800s or so that the, the view of the world has changed. Yeah, the view of the world has changed, but it's not a one view. That's why Christians don't care about the view of the world. Christians don't care about what the world thinks. But morality has changed since then. The, the, th the point I'm saying is a Christian does not give a toss about what the world is going to do and where the world is going because we know, already know the answer to that. A Christian gives a toss. But what is your answer to a that? A Christian only cares about the person to their left or to their right in their present time. A Christian is, there, is, a Christian is where they need to be because that's where they believe God needs to be. So, for, for example, right now, as a Christian, I believe that my most important priority is you. Yeah. And obviously, my faith. And, you know, it says in the Bible to be constant in prayer. 
and believe me when I tell you this the whole time I've been speaking I have been praying like just Lord give me these words okay and I'm sure Josh will be like yeah he is <laughs> but um, as Christians we're to be called to be you know present minded and not to worry and cast our burdens <coughs> onto the Lord because if we were to take on the weight of the world we would yeah. obviously collapse do you feel like a messenger a little bit not in a bad way but it's that's your purpose of like uh, to be the well, messengers I, of these things no because like t- think about that so, so tell me this if you had a brother right and you, do you have a brother i have a sister okay your sister okay you obviously care loads for your sister yeah of obviously it's family it's a it's a it's an unbreakable bond you obviously want your sister to be safe that should cri- be unbreakable but <laughs> as christians we tend to feel that bond to people who we end up getting close to and we want them to see, feel safe and as christians all we can offer them is the salvation in jesus christ yeah because i could offer you you know a good wee game on the xbox and that will relieve some pain i could take you out for a, a for a wee beer and stuff and that that'll, that those are all temporary i like to call them temporary heavens you know it's like a moment of peace and a moment of joy and a moment of worship but it doesn't ever last because there's always there's always going to be a problem that comes up slightly different terminology but i, I agree <laughs> you, you get me because <laughs> would you would you agree life is searching for those kinds of temporary heavens until you find a kind of you know a kind of right one or that could be a good name for a, a drink temporary heaven temporary. I'll knock your socks off <laughs> homebrewed pint by it's Josh just, it's just methanated spirits like you're blacked out it's like oh I just more envisioned like temporary heaven a lovely pint of like nice Irish lager Ooh. that is glowing and I mean glowing it's like it is a void pure. in space it's and just, it's, it's yeah, a pure light staring into it gets yeah, you off your head well there's a way of, I won't speak for very long and you like you can you after uh, there's way you can think about it and i'm sure you could as a christian man you can <coughs> back me up if you want uh but as you said these so-called temporary heavens mm. or they the sort of earthly sort of uh manifestations earth, earthly pleasures so to speak um so the term- they're 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 over they're a lot better when they're put in the right place mm. and if they're not put in place of the whole if that makes sense mm. so for example uh, just a really simple example alcohol okay alcohol is great okay mm-hmm. uh, but if you frame alcohol as if alcohol is the thing we're getting together because of the alcohol mm-hmm. it's like well you've turned something good and turned it into something very bitter uh, very quickly and it's you know it's just it's very sad and no, like Ireland is a, is a perfect example for bad drinking habits, uh, and you know if you're pro alcohol or against alcohol, it's just manifestation of one thing. You can't use alcohol properly. Yeah. That makes sense, because um, you know most a lot. If you drink in uh, uh, in Ireland, a lot of the time you drink. You know, yeah, you, yeah. you drink to get drunk here. That's the drinking culture here. Yeah, uh, there is no. There is no no have an alcohol with your dad, have a pint with your dad, and and that was it. There is no, there isn't that culture over here, really. Well, that I've experienced anyway. But generally speaking, well, we're having a pint. um, Well, that would be the time I would have a pint. Would be me and my dad have a good chat, 
have a beer or yeah. two, watch a game of football. Well, and yeah, but that's, that's a good. So, that's so, a, um, let me finish, please. Um, that's a good place for alcohol, but if but it's in in it's an addition to something that's greater it's serving something greater yeah, so exactly so what i'm saying is if we have to take those little perspectives those little tiny heavens okay those temporary heavens of having a pipe with your dad watching the game yeah all right like that's class the feelings that you have is class you obviously feel joy and happiness and stuff all right and that's a that's a temporary solution okay so when you zoom out we're asking the question of what's the permanent solution when you say earthly pleasures when people when i say the word earthly people think oh it's just of earth or it's like oh what we just do earthly means temporary and heavenly means eternal so i'm not offering the the, the christian story is not a solution to your to your to your thirsts for temporary heavens on on earth it's you're going to endure your problems but there's going to be this heavenly, this eternal solution to all of them. In fact, that solution's already passed. That was when Jesus was came to the earth and he stood trial and he took ours, he bore our sins in his sacrifice in a culture that denied him. And from that then, and through his love, we call ourselves Christians. We call ourselves God's people. And we learn from God's word everything we do is god centered so it's it's it, it it sounds simple to say but obviously like you say you know we always if we we're not sorry like people say we obviously fall into sin like as you said last week everybody's done something wrong yeah you know and nobody's ever going to be perfect solution is to as we said last week to rid of evil you know and i believe we had we had a we had a very good we had a very good discussion last week on you know like god on trial you know what gives god the right? god the power yeah, yeah. well <laughs> the reason why god is the power is because in my opinion and i'm just a 20 year old guy who has just ordinary experiences and i happen to be saved god to me has the power because he had the part to take it away you know the lord it says in job is it job the lord gives and the lord taketh the lord gives and the lord takes away blessed be the lord but i suppose sidetrack and we'll sort of discuss it more in later episodes and things but you can't that's like in my opinion it's like if i create a child with a woman and we both want to kill it why can't we we created it well yeah and that's that kind of thing i just don't understand quite because because you created it doesn't give you because you create, right exactly, it's a very good it. question if you create something it doesn't give you the right to kill it 100% no. because that person has value yeah, right. that, that, that thing has infinite value a pet has infinite value yeah if, you, if for if, let's go back to the dog thing like um, if you loved even if the owner loved his dog very much and then ended, the dog ended up dead and it was because the owner killed it even people who never knew the dog or the owner or anything about them would hate the owner so yeah, much. Yeah, of course. You know, and it, that is, it's these it's these questions that we love to discuss and think about because it's what gives our like, what what gives us that drive to value something like that. Why do we value that dog? Why do we value that baby? Yeah. Uh- Hundred percent. I just sort of then expand on that though. But for me, why do we then not value the rock, a rock? Why can we break it apart? Why do we not value p- 
parasites that we continually better, better, want to yeah. kill. Why, 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 do we, why do we say, don't be stupid to a kid that befriends a rock? <laughs> yeah, like... You know... Because then what gives it no meaning? And then what gives the dog meaning? Why do you want to kill... Why do you want to kill the coronavirus? But you don't want to kill your dog? Like... <laughs> Or you, you don't want you to just, kill the neighbor. You've just you know, exploded his brain right Do you know now. what I mean, though? So like, I am making that cool. We'll, we'll change, we'll change, you need to stop me. We'll change, we'll change the dog. Right, we'll change, right okay. S- scenario here. Scenario here. A wee girl, right, is walking with her dad, and she picks up a rock that she thinks looks really cool, and there's like a wee fossil in it and stuff, and maybe you can see a bit of like, you know, a little bit of quartz or whatever, and it's veiny, and it looks really cool, because I, 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 when I was younger, I used to look at rocks. Yeah, yeah. And he named the rock Steve, okay? Steve. So this rock is no longer a rock. This rock, fourth, will be known as Steve. Yep. Okay? And he goes, she goes home with her dad and they have lunch. And then she goes, Dad, can Steve sit at the table? Can Steve come for lunch? And dad's like, yeah, sure. Of course Steve Set can Set as a loose term with a rock. Aye. <laughs> and so they're sitting, at the di- they're sitting at the dinner table and Steve, the girl, and the dad are all eating. And the dad's thinking, this is great. This is hilarious. You know, it's, it's good banter. You know? And... And then you know, if, you know, a week goes by, all right, and Steve's gone. See, Steve's now got school, right? She's put Steve in a wee school pocket yep. and she's showing all her friends Steve. Some of her friends mock her and some of her friends laugh at her. But then some of her other friends go, oh, it's really cool. I find rock too. You know, I caught Barbara. You know what I mean? Because kids are like that, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, but then it's home time, okay? And then she quickly gets her backpack on and she runs out to meet her dad. And then her dad goes, where's Steve? And then she goes in her pocket and Steve's not there. She looks in her other pocket. Steve's not there. She's like, I've lost Steve. Oh, no. And the dad's reaction is, oh, no. We'll get another one. (laughs) But that just breaks the girl's heart. She's like, no, I want Steve. Okay. Now, what should the father do? Should the father go back into the school and be like, hi, I'm looking for a rock called Steve and my daughter is missing it. All right. Or should the father like say, right, Come on, it's just a rock. We can get you a new one, but at the end of the day, it's just a rock. If it was me, I would go into the school, okay, and I would look for the rock, and she probably just left it on her table, and so she did, all right? Boom, all right, Steve's back home, okay? But eventually, eventually, the child's going to realize that Steve is just a rock. Yeah. All right? Okay, so is there anything wrong with that story? I don't see that. No. no, absolutely not. It's a lovely little story yeah, it's about yeah. three characters. But the only reason why the third character, Steve, is a character is because the narrator made it so. Yes, she wanted to name it no, Steve. No, I made it so. I made that story completely up. Yeah. Uh, That's the story I made. I own that story. Yeah. It's completely made up. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I want, obviously want it to be good. I don't want to make a story that's just sad. I don't want, I don't want to say, no, nah, the dad just said, it's just, shut up, stupid child, it's just a rock. You'd think, right, that's a bit harsh. Yeah. Okay. God, to me, is my narrator. And he allows me, through my gifts and my abilities, to go and, like, just value things, you know, value different rocks, create different Steves, do different things, all but- right? Because God his whole purpose for us right was to go and like live and create in his name and to like you know just do what we do but just like avoid the evil stuff but obviously we can't be programmed as robots we always have to have a kind of a free choice you know the same way like if i said to you right right right, free will is an illusion free will free will is an illusion (laughs) if i said to you right you can 
do what you want in this room, right? Just don't open that present. Yeah. Okay. And you look at the present and you're like, ha and you have a few beers and you open it and stuff, right? You have the free choice to respect me and not open the present, which decent people would do. Yeah. But then like, you obviously have the one jackass who would open the present. All right. But like, imagine I set you in an environment where like, uh, what, what's the, what's the metaphor I like to use? I think I told Chef? you. No. <laughs> um, let's pretend you have a crush on this or some, some, some like okay scenario this really really rich guy that could give a girl the world has a ma- has fallen in love with this girl okay but the girl doesn't really see him the same way and thinks he should just be a friend and so she she friend zones him okay mm-hmm. now question should the guy pursue the girl or love her enough to let her go respect her decision and let her go we should respect obviously. exactly that's what god does for us he respected our decision that we didn't see God the same way. Even though he could offer us the world, eternity, heaven, we decided to turn our back on him. But if you turn your back on the ultimate margin of good, the only other way to go is evil. You know what I mean? It's like an open doorway. If you turn your back on the open doorway to riches and goodness and, and, and happiness, the only other way is despair, gloom, and sadness. But just sort of through, like throughout the animal kingdom and stuff and things that don't appreciate culture I get we kind of evolve in two levels and not many animals do that um, but through say lions and stuff why then do they kill their cubs like it's not their cubs but they'll go into a pride often non-related um, into cubs and kill them all like I see that as evil yeah and why is that a creation because of lions go- don't have a moral compass lions but aren't why is that a creation of God like why has he made this in lions the first and place? animals are not created in the image of God only but mankind why? were but created that, in the image of God I see that as extremely sent because we were made to look after them and we're just but why have we came yesterday and have like and like time of the world like why have we came in the past 250,000 years and just popped out now and let everything else wreak havoc for the other 13.7 billion years? Why have we came to save the world But would you agree yesterday? if we took, if we wiped humanity off the face of the world, the world would be saved? Yes. Okay. 100%. Okay. We so are the parasite. Does that not make you a bit of a psychopath? No. <laughs> no. Okay, I can see so the damage we're doing to the world and how so we have over you see lions killing you fit cubs. that into your own human narrative yes because i see us sort of where we have went too far well i'm saying too far but it's like we instead of meeting the niche of the mm. environment we have made the environment our niche exactly we through agriculture has been the boom once we got agriculture and to go anywhere and this planet was habitable Okay. So besides the poles, that and perspective like that. that you have of humanity as a cancer to the earth is a godlike perspective. Then why are we because here God to has save that it? perspective? But then why are we here to save it if we're a cancer? We're not here to save it. But we, we are, can't Jesus. save it because we're the cancer. But then why were we created? Why would He create the cancer? Because uh, like, so at the very beginning, uh, uh, my mom told me that God was love. Yeah. God didn't make human beings so that we could love Him. I don't love God because I was created to love God. God created us so that he could love us. But like I said, he's just like the guy that had that crush on the girl. Okay? He pursues us. 
okay? And we have to find it in ourselves to love him back. Because if we say no, all that there is is destruction. But I don't... Because I see it then before we became a thing and... Ah, yes. No, I understand. Animals love things as well. They love... Like, your dog has the true capability of love. Mm. And why then did we need to come in and play this role of the cancer and start to destroy things? Because... Why were we then created if we were the... So, is God destroying things or is humanity destroying humanity things? Humanity is destroying things. Okay, there you go. Because if God... To me, God is nature. Okay, I see God wherever I see a tree. Okay, because that's enough evidence for me. I, to can see I just point out, you've got a massive... Like weird circular reason thing going on here and it's very hard to notice you've got humanity's cancer but it's only cancer through the eyes of humanity yes because we're the ones that can actually comprehend what we're doing yeah but yeah. we so are, as you're, Christians, you're, are you're posing your your but is it objective that we're a cancer to, to the world i would or is it based in your own human intuition no it i would say it's objective yes Objective. No, I said subjective. Subjective. Yes, because I believe that. And right. But, but I believe not... that with evidence illustrating. But what? if it's subjective, by definition, if all the people who thought humanity was a cancer were wiped out, humanity would no longer be a cancer anymore. Nope, we wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, so I don't see a, that. So it's, like, it's a claim with... like it, There's no... But if we were here to... There's no weight behind it. Well, I don't understand, but... I think, I suppose we're going down a rabbit hole here. But yes. Do you want to just do you want to explain yours? Yes, because we're never going to get the Bible's filled with unfalsifiable claims. We do you want to explain is, your backstory? Yeah. Thank you very much yeah. for listening to the Ben segment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So my name's Kyle. I grew up. Can we get closer? Because I need to crank again. Hello. We hear that. Um, my name's Kyle. I've grew up in East Belfast. As far as East I East Belfast. Of, East Belfast. Hey. Yeah. Um, I have a little sister and of my mum and dad, obviously. And then, it's as far as I can remember, I love nature and animals. I remember, like, as a child, lining up, going to the early learning centre and getting animals and lining them up from, like, my living room right up to my room. I had so many and naming them all. And, like, my mum sort of, I suppose, tells a story of me in nursery, I think it was. The teacher, like, put a... And I made you a lemur on the board and said it's a monkey, <laughs> and I was like, it's a ring, it's a ring-tailed lemur, miss. It's Julian, and <laughs> and she was like, well, what's going on? So I sort of from that, <laughs> like, why is he? This teacher. Why is a four-four-year-old telling me I'm wrong right now? Um, but then from that, I sort of just loved animals. I loved like croc files. I don't know if you watch that. So when Steve I was Irwin. really, oh, no, really, yeah. really young. I knew like so many specific types of dinosaurs. Dinosaur, that's a yes. And I knew all the names exactly. And I'm like, uh, it's just a fascination. Kids I don't know have. how I. I don't know it now. Or I had a volcano sort of thing. Like yeah. I could have got six out of six no, marks in a geography essay <laughs> at five, no. and then not get it in my GCSE. I was addicted <laughs> to dinosaurs, diggers, and uh, Lego. That was it. Yeah. That was it. But yeah, go on. Well, so I loved animals quite a lot. I, regarding Christianity, um, both my parents were brought up in Christian households. I don't know how. My granda, my mum's dad, came. he was from a brethren family. Um, then they would have went to church and my mum had to go to Sunday school and stuff growing up. And then I had to go to Sunday school growing up. 
I went to several different churches. I went to a Presbyterian. I went to a Salvation Army. And I've just throughout life, I sort of went to different churches at different times, depending who I was with. I played like football on a Friday with quite a lot of Christian people. And I was quite, I loved it. And I remember like even on debates in like primary school, like I would have defended God and like rhymed off all these quotes and stuff. debates in primary school. Oh my God, and like, yeah. yeah. And I just thought, I was like, tell my parents it's wrong to smoke because you're damaging yeah. yourself and God doesn't want you to damage yourself. Your body is a temple. And all this, yeah. And as I sort of grew up, I kept my love of like animals. And then I sort of, it was very hidden to me and I sort of did like question God a wee bit through like, is this stuff actually true? What are the actual evidence of this? Sort of even when I was 12 and 13. And then I remember being told in church that there's no happiness without the Bible. And I went home and thought so much about like, but if, yes, like I thought quite a lot in the sense of but if you only live your life through the scope of the Bible, like, what else is there? And I just sort of questioned quite a lot, where's the evidence for this? And because it's fulfilling for you, it doesn't make it true. And I just thought quite a lot, they kind of hid evolution through you through school. You're kind of indoctrinated quite badly, I felt, throughout life, to feel God's way. And then I remember, I would have said, I'm an atheist roughly in fifth year because I was like there's not a month I can't find the evidence for it enough more point of view but I was only atheist in the point of view of like an absence of a belief in God I was always willing to be wrong and I still am willing to be wrong but in that term I'm agnostic but I feel like every if you're truly atheist and even if there's proof of God and you deny it like you're no like I feel like that's sort of what the Christians do a little bit but I sort of, if there's proof of it, 100%, I'll hold my hands up and say I'm wrong. However, I'm agnostic, but the probability suggests that it's not true. Hmm. And through our scope of what we understand of How the world. How old were you when you sort of deconverted to this week? I would say like fifth year was kind of when I was like, I actually thought about it, like properly, because I went in the limbo. Fifth year was not mad good. for us. like Yeah, no, because I was sort of like, I didn't, what if, I would have been like, Chris, that, like 16 yeah like 15 16 yeah. in the because I but it went through like I would have been really Christian then it sort of died out and I just didn't care I didn't think I wasn't to be honest I didn't really try in school that much mm. I did okay in my GCSEs but not exceedingly well or anything I just did what I had to do and then I remember and when in my driving test once I passed my test and Robert, who was my driving instructor, um, he I he was quite a devoted Christian. I remember just sitting in my car and talking to him about it, and he said, "I don't know about," and I, I kind of I was just like, "What?" I was like, "Cause I talked to him about a bit about evolution and what his point of view from it was." And to be honest, I was quite naive of evolution at this stage. Mm. I just kind of knew it's how we went from sort of basic life to complexity. Yeah, and he said, "Who was this?" Um, my driving instructor. This is Robert Josh. Pay attention. Yeah, and he, <laughs> um, he said you may have came from monkeys, but I know I didn't. Right. And even at the time, and in my basic understanding, I was like, but we didn't come from monkeys. We came from the same ancestors, and 
monkeys who were like what <laughs> and i was just like that's your, such a naive four-year-old ringtail lemur sort of mind yeah, kicked it was just <laughs> like what and then i sort of i went to university and then i actually learned about evolution for the first time and i was like why has this been hidden for so long like they speckle it in and the A level of biology and the GCSE, like speckled in them. So you, you only learned about evolution pr- as at the, the proper intricacies of evolution and how genes properly work and stuff. Yeah. Uh, when you say the proper intricacies, what level would that? Be? Well, to actually understand how genes and like you would have learned like the like DNA structure and stuff, which is sort of what genes are like, are sort of when so what genes are is the like fundamental unit of evolution and it's sort of when we um from say when you have your parents will put half your mother's genes and then half your father's genes into you and the fundamental unit is the gene in which it is unlikely to be broken Mm. it's small enough chain of dna that is unlikely to be broken and can code for like a trait or in part for a trait if yep. it's too large, it's likely to then be broken, and then it doesn't really isn't the unit anymore. Mm. Yeah. So just sort of then. So I'm gonna have this one. Um, learning about that, and it sort of explained why life looks the way it does to me, and not having needing a creator for it. Okay. Well, um, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. You're sitting in this house. Is there evidence of a builder? Yeah. Okay, well, that's how I feel when I sit in the world and nature. There's evidence of a creator. But our creator is evolution. But um, how, how though? <laughs> like, because I, uh, well, do, you I know, do you know a guy called Professor James Turr? James Turr, no. Right, so he's a micro, he's like a micro microbiologist and he studies like the smallest, like... A virologist? Like, yeah, something <laughs> like that. But, um, and he, like, basically, you, you cannot create the start point but of us all you can't but how because if you created the start point would it not just start well the Urim miller experiment um 1952 showed that you can create um what we would class as the foundation of life building blocks from non-life so from like life come from it yes so what happened we there was maybe nitrogen there was oxygen there was phosphorus and under the sort of conditions so what they simulated was the conditions thought of the origin of life four and a half billion years ago of sort of the pride like basically like hell like quite the earth was very hot at this time Mm. and you can spontaneously form nucleic acids which are the building blocks uh, sorry nucleic acids and amino acids so the building blocks of protein and nucleic acids are the building blocks of a replicator Mm. and the, what we so off these then uh, nucleic acids that were formed, they would have just formed spontaneously, died, but formed what's, spontaneously. What's in amino acids and nucleic acids. So they would have been formed from inorganic molecules, such as hydrogen, phosphorus. So so hydrogen, um, hydrogen, and phosphorus, but not just amino acids. Yes, they can. Then, so you can get life from non-life. At this See, point, that, that, and then that acids is not life, though. Is hmm? it? Amino acids is not. It's not life, but then the building blocks of an amino acid, the ones that then amino acids would have been created, died, created, died. But then what about the one that can be then created, and then it's parted into two, and then two into four. So we're starting to replicate, and that's the foundation 
of the first replicators. They're replicating, but they're still the same. They're still amino acids, or what? Yes, well, that's what we are. That's the building blocks of us. We are just a bunch of replicators representing certain traits, and we are the vehicle of that. Right. So then we have went from... So what sort of... We went from the the basic replicator, and we just had sort of a soup of replicators, if you want to say the oceans is that. And eventually, when the replicators were able to build more complex, they went from sort of micro, like molecules into macromolecules just started to form peptides when the chain together then macropeptides and then proteins and then proteins started to get together to actually make some kind of tissues this took billions and billions of years and it wasn't until 530 565 i think it was a million years ago when we had the cambrian explosion which was the oxygen levels on the earth changed and we had this boom of life like we had never seen it before the boom of all these different invertebrates and that from that moment they have sort of the first true like invertebrates in the ocean and then from the invertebrates they started to form the chordates and the chordates are the things which have the first backbones which we would say are the vertebrates would then like so you place this is the building blocks of life Basically, yeah. this is how we all came to be. Yeah, so the, okay. from the simplicity to the now, complexity. why should you tell me to care about that? You don't have to if you don't want to, and there many go. people don't. See, there's the and thing. there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, absolutely nothing wrong with it. But th- that's the thing. But that's how you, it came I to be. Have to, I don't have to care about anything that's ever being said to me, but I want to, obviously. Yeah. Because it's a decent thing. Because being I a... Do, uh, just to let you know, I do care what you're saying. Yeah, no, 100%. But... The thing about spirituality is that it's a deep care for things. It's a deep understanding. It's a deep value. It's to place value and morals into something that cannot have possibly... The moral compass cannot possibly have been a result of chemical reactions. Morality cannot possibly be a result of that because if so then we would all have to be able to share... We do all share the, the, the same moral compass. We do, yes. We yeah, are totally so. going to go on to a new episode if we're going <laughs> Yes. But sort of, we'll go down that rabbit hole a different time, but then sort of the complexity of that then raised into the first vertebrates and then at the end of this chain. If you want to say we are the and pinnacle... That's the of evolution. And, and that's and us. But then I started to understand that a bit more and then through maybe second year university... I started, I had like another, like, right, I need to... You had a Cambrian explosion in your Yeah, I needed, it was like, right, (laughs) I've... Yes, I've got like a very science point of view on things, and I read The Selfish Gene, I read The Extended Phenotype and The Blind Watchmaker and stuff by Dawkins. And then I was like, but I need to start to see the the bridge to the, like, philosophy side. That's where, like, science is a tool. Mm. But then, like, philosophy is a tool. But I think philosophy's been taken hostage by theology quite <laughs> heavily but then we then I started to, I read a wee bit of like Daniel Dennett who was quite influential Stephen Pinker um and then Sam Harris I sort of read them in second third year and then I kind of I rounded off my sort of moral view a bit and like how you don't really you don't need a like, to be moral, you don't need a God, and I think it's actually... Oh, no, I, we, I, I do agree with that. If we take our morals from the Bible, the 
and especially the Crown, there's major, major issues yeah. and we don't and we shouldn't. See, no, and I, we, ag- I do agree with you. You don't need a God to be moral. Moral. All right? the, the, whole, the whole prospect of freedom of choice and freedom of freedom of will is yeah. like you don't need your mom and dad to be around you every time to make your tea you know like yeah. you can do it yourself but you have the ability in, to do it yourself in many but that countries doesn't, that doesn't that doesn't mean it's not there though yeah but then many then countries in the world and stuff due to religion you don't have these luxuries which is its own issue well, in western civilization it was all entirely built on the workings of the Bible, and we are the most advanced where we have been, is because of the judicial system that was built on the. Well, we think we're the most advanced. We're not really. Where's Wakanda? (laughs) (laughs) But like, especially in like the Middle East and stuff, like what goes on is horrific, and that is done in the light of Allah, and that is done in the light of a religious view. Mm -hmm. And I think if we're taking morality from things like that, like what? (laughs) Yeah. Did you say Western civilization isn't the most advanced? Not necessarily. Uh, that that is against, technologically speaking. It's not technology. Like through China, like we get everything from China. How dare we live in our own wee bubble and say we're underneath them technologically? Okay, have you, the whole have you road, seen videos of the roadmap Tokyo? of science? Okay, but what? that's because we're saying science. How much Chinese literature do we read? None. We don't know what they know, they don't because know. there's a cre- there's a big divide. And we've created this partly we through. Could, we could, this is gonna be a massive religion. tangent. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but um, then once I sort of second year, I sort of did that quite a bit. Then I sort of just got knuckled down into like like my science work, like through doing yeah. my third year and then my masters. And then you ended up here. And then mm. I've had a wee bit of a gap of time between my PhD, and well, I sort of I, so between my PhD before I start my PhD I was just sort of learning I'm quite and like I enjoy like data science and things now and I'm just trying to learn that quite a bit and then we started talking about it when we first met in work and I was like you know what I'll delve back into this realm again and sort of explore the ideas and talk about it Mm. and I can see ultimately like there's great fulfillment in being a Christian there's great it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It also doesn't mean you're a good person. And I don't think... Before I would have been like, you're wrong. But I, I'm I'd not the... I'd love to see that cut yeah, But I'm not the person to say <laughs> that you're wrong because it's unfalsifiable. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but it is unfalsifiable. But mm. to me, anything made based on unfalsifiable claims isn't a good argument. That's not how we do things. And anything that's endorsed without evidence, like even Christopher Hitchens, I know he's not, not the biggest fan of your, of religion and stuff, but he is true when he says, if something can be endorsed without evidence, surely it can be dismissed without evidence. And I don't... But then again, it's, it's where you see your evidence. That's what I talked about the builder. The house we're in, there's evidence of a builder. So the same way. Yes, but we've explained. I uh, explained the complexity. So we have got the builder of yeah, and I the can, evolution. I didn't explain the complexity. You, you it's like uh, I, no, no, no. Hold on, Matt. No, you didn't explain the complexity. It's like if Ben says this house has evidence of a builder by its existence being a house, and you start yes. explaining it's made of bricks and plaster. Yeah, and then we but, break it down and, into and the, the chemicals and. But yeah, that's not. Ex- but you're playing you didn't God. Explain of- the house. But the house is a bunch of bricks that holds shelter. Yeah, but it wasn't, it's not... 
you can say a belter brick built those uh, the house. Yeah, out of the which bricks, he did, right? Yeah, and you irrefutable to say otherwise, right? Yeah. Um, but to say, oh well, no, you see, I, the builder didn't build the house. Because we've got bricks and it's got trusses, got wooden beams, got nails. Yeah, and, right? and it's like, it's like, they made that bit. Not, it's like you're you're not you're not talking about the right. Same so thing. what was the builder of evolution? What kicked it off? Then the replicator, the, the re- spontaneous ar- arisement of a replicator. A replicator. Right. Well, so it, you have to just assume the the chemical structures existing in the physical. But you're playing God of the Gaps here. We, I appreciate greatly. We don't understand everything. We know nothing. No, but your framing is if that's the no, answer. No, but we, but I'm saying that is our that, thought of the see, answer. That's a, if I, like, were, I don't see, I'm, I'll be, I, I'm not 100 percent exactly where nitrogen stuff came from, but they do exist in the universe. Mm. And but it's not even to the point where nitrogen came from anywhere. It doesn't matter where came from it's like the fact that nitrogen can exist and not only it's it's nitrogen it's not just uh it's not a sea of potentiality it's nitrogen a stable structure and we yeah can because def- and not only is it a structure it's a we can define it as a structure what is a structure what's a structure made of it had to exist for nitrogen to exist what is a structure but it's the organization of something that's stable. Yes, you and can't organize something from chaos. That's my. That's what. That's what, what I'm getting. No, but, ha- no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, we Kyle. Do. We, from our conscious experience, can identify ordered structure. How can there be, by definition, how can something be ordered? But we and give structure. Yes. But we give definitions. But yes, we're delving in. But we're delving the in. the existence of nitrogen or any other chemical, right, that is stable in its composition, its yeah. physical composition does not depend on if I think it has a stable... It does have a stable, yeah. It yeah, doesn't, doesn't matter doesn't, what you think. It doesn't depend on what I think. Yeah, it doesn't. But you're saying you're saying we give the value, we give the structure. It's coherent if I, if I think it's coherent Not that we not. give, but we have then observed it and we have quantified, yes. described this word as structure and we have said that it is stable. But it that's the best we what can is describe structure? it. It's the... Like I would say, the structure is something, but then something would be has to, chaotic. Mind, as mind structure. You, a structure has to, for nitrogen to exist, okay? Yeah. And for nitrogen, assuming nitrogen is structured, which would be we'd agree, nitrogen is structured, or else we wouldn't call it nitrogen. We would call it something. something. Just chaos, we would call right? it the, the smallest unit that then becomes. Structured. We'd call it the toa habua, however the. We would call it a bunch of quirks. Okay, uh, term is, but anyway. Um, got structured atom here yeah it's coherent it's got a structure okay you need you've assumed structures exist objectively speaking okay yeah but then it wouldn't have existed but it wouldn't have existed before that i don't know we may know as science what was before that but when you say it's god of the gaps it's like it's not god of the gaps it's god of but the realm of where things exist no, but you're saying we don't understand it, and science is expanding. And it's, we're not like, it's not like oh, I don't know, understand it yet. I'm saying in my worldview, this argument makes sense. In mine, it doesn't. Yes, because I know. we because will. Ex- you're not because we got will explain worldview. it. That's yeah. why. That's why. Because we're like. That's why we're here. To me, we're uncovering things we don't know all the time. To be like the evolution of the universe and things like okay. we don't 100 percent know. I know a lot of physicists can say from like a millisecond after. 
Okay. We can explain. If I were to draw you a big circle and I asked you, should like, we? Do you want to wrap up? Yeah. Because we're okay. Yeah. Kyle was bragging a sweat there. Okay, so uh, that's why. <laughs> no, but right. we can keep going on this episode. Yeah, no, wait, we'll, we'll cut this. I just thought episode zero. Yeah, yeah this. Uh, I just yeah. to can be we, fair, we haven't we talked end, about what can we, I, can we, we, we went on, much longer. Than I thought we were going. Yeah, to. can we end on this one thing? If I were to draw a big circle, and that circle was all the knowledge in the world, to know yeah. everything in that circle, you knew everything. How much would you color in to say how much you knew? Like you couldn't see it. You couldn't see it. So you're talking a little dot there's that much left to discover yeah okay and that's where we'll end it thank but you so we much. still need to discuss what we'll talk in future episodes yeah we'll do which that which was last of my we've got a few things here uh, <laughs> belief by faith versus evidence adam and eve dogma and should we teach it to children morality without religion what is religion slash religious language do we choose to be religious science meaning and truth what is meaning science pre pre presupposes meaning and truth xyz uh why can't God just simply remove evil? The ev- the evidence of Jesus and his divinity. Uh, why did Jesus have to come as a human two thousand years ago? We don't go to. We don't go to the genes slash atoms, if we are. I wrote this. Bear in mind. Uh, well, skip that one. Why Christianity and not any other religions? What religion created by? Was religion created by people, for people? Can we create meaning? Uh, is there meaning outside of consciousness? Why does why does slash can God judge? Uh, then we go into the flood and hell. Uh, why is there so much killing in the Bible? How to grasp an author of the universe? Okay. Uh, did we just did I he just get it. it? You get the idea. We you get, get the idea. idea. Um, a bit of Brett Weinstein too. I quite like his Brett work Weinstein on this. metaphor. I'll go truth, symbolic truth, and why Brett J- Weinstein is wrong. James Tur, Frank Tourette, <laughs> Jeff Durbin. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, uh, anyway, that's talk. Uh, I think that's good. Thanks very much for Wait, listening. Wait for the camera. It's still on. Yeah. I don't think, is it on? Oh, <laughs> It's been great being on. I've Very interesting. I do want to modify how I see the world, and this does help things. Fantastic. Because I think even both. But my one thing, and I think it takes time to appreciate, it's like we do look at the world in different planes. Um, it's how do we... Intri- like start to actually comprehend it a little bit better of both of our sides and I think that I can't say you're wrong you can't say I'm wrong that's the beauty of this and that's why yeah. I think with sort of the new atheist point of view when they're coming in a wee bit like too harsh in the sense yes they've the right to critique mm. things in like Islamic countries and they've the right to critique sort of the dismissal of reason and stuff but they they come out and say that you're actually wrong it's unfalsifiable in my eyes so they can't actually do that but however I believe in what probability suggests and I'm more than happy to do it to say that I can't be happy without God and stuff I think's completely wrong and I just I'm very I've got a good worldview of how I don't need any like religion and stuff but as I always say like if it was to manifest itself like I would then believe. Like it did for me. Yeah. But <laughs> we'll discuss that more after. Yeah. Um, what do you want like, we, what do you want to name this series? Uh you I reckon this is three episodes one for called Josh, Ben and Kyle. No, um, um, I don't know, you mentioned offhand uh 
what the the scientist philosopher and the guy watching or something about like that um <laughs> are you happy with that we how, about, the, how about the scientist the philosopher and the and the egypt and the egypt yeah and the what sorry the, the who the, the egypt no what did you say before that i was gonna say and a bit of both bit of both <laughs> no no that sucks right goodbye 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 people